Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Can You Put Me On Guest List. I'm Katie Knight, and this week's podcast is brought to you by Ableton Accelerator, a beginner-focused online course which reduces the overwhelm and frustration of learning electronic music production. And let's all face it, who wants to feel overwhelmed or frustrated when you're trying to learn something new? Exactly, nobody. So Ableton Accelerator will provide you with more than eight hours of video lessons on technical fundamentals, learning the sound, building a track, mixing and mastering, and much, much more, plus an exclusive sample pack from Production Music Live. So if you're a DJ wanting to make your own tracks, or, you know, you're just looking for a nice new hobby, then head over to theaudiojourney.co.uk for more info and to check out all of the packages that they're offering. Now, I have a really cool show for you guys this week. Today, my guest is Kane Michael, who is a DJ, producer, and also editor and presenter for Magnetic Magazine. So for anybody that would like to get into music journalism or content creation, or you're already a journalist, I think you'll really, really enjoy this conversation because we talk about how he got into music journalism, how he prepares for interviews and thinking of the right questions to ask, which is always something that I'm always thinking about and always trying to think of new questions. So I found that really, really interesting to see somebody else's point of view and the kind of questions that they ask. His podcast for Magnetic Mag in conversation, which is really, really cool. We also speak about content creation for big platforms like Magnetic Mag. And what what do people want to see right now? Do people want to carry on watching live streams and Instagram live interviews or... Do people want to see another side of the artists and how they live? So we cover all of that as well. And we also chat about what Kane thinks that the dance music scene in LA, where he's from, will be like after COVID-19 and a lot, lot more. This was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this show. I think you guys will as well. And if you do like it, please remember to subscribe and to share with all your friends. And here's the show. Kane, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. Uh, just making the most of this whole global situation. How about you? Yeah, I'm good. I I'm I, I don't I haven't found it easy, but it's also it has been quite nice to like spend this time at home and just kind of have a mm. bit of a pause and kind of check in with yourself. You know. Yeah. Um, we've kind of we're on phase one what they say now here in Ibiza so we're as from last Saturday we're out now allowed out on an evening um oh, wow. we're allowed to be in groups of 10 so wow there's nine friends only nine <laughs> and we're and some bars and restaurants are opening but so we're kind of it's the next step but it seems quite wow. strange all of a sudden like yeah I know that. have uh have they been open for takeout or yeah, it's now you actually go inside or? Well, actually, no, that's a lie. They were open for, they would deliver it to your home, but you weren't allowed to physically go and pick anything up. Mm. And now they've opened to either pick up or you can sit down, but there's like, there's only like a few tables for each restaurant. It's like 50% capacity for each one or something. Oh, wow. So I guess there's not really all that many people in Ibiza, is there? I mean, when it's like you on season, surprised. of course there is, but really. Yeah. Interesting. 
Yeah. And do you know what? And I thought that exact same thing when we went out um, just a couple of days ago and I was like, where do all of these people come from? I never <laughs> thought that it would actually be this busy yeah. this time. Yeah. So, but yeah. Because yeah, we're, entering, we're entering phase two, but you still can't go into restaurants. So what yet. are you allowed to do right now then? It's, it's so confusing because governor is saying one thing, but then um, what he's done is he's allowed counties to kind of make their own rules, I guess, or move at their own pace. And like yesterday, LA County said that they're keeping the stay-at-home orders for three more, three more months. Three but months? I don't, yeah, yeah. But I don't live in LA. So I live in Orange County and it's much more relaxed here. Granted, there's less people and it's more spread out. Mm-hmm. But we just entered phase two. So some small retail shops are opening um, and stuff like that but malls and restaurants and stuff are still closed. You could always, we've always been able to do like takeout uh, or any of that stuff. But um, in terms of like actual, like sitting down, we're still not there yet. Um, but we've been able to go outside, exercise and stuff like that. It's been kind of a battle <laughs> with uh, my, my county and the state because uh, I live at the beach. Like the beach is literally like 10 minutes down the street from me. And it's a big, it's, it's a big part of the culture here, you know, and like just everything. And so, um, you know, there's this sort of concern of, you know, don't sit next to so many people. And I don't know if you saw it, but like, what was it like two weeks ago now, three weeks ago, there was that huge thing about Newport beach and Huntington beach, like <laughs> so many people, which kind of bullshit. I was there personally. I saw it. There's little sections where there was some people a little too close to each other, maybe, but for the most part, it was actually very spread out. Um, but of course, that doesn't make good news. So it has yeah. to, you know, they did the angle. So it looked like everybody was just right on top of each other. And uh, I don't know, it's been, it's been an interesting ride. But I mean, for the most part, life's been pretty similar. Like I don't really go out unless I'm going to the beach. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like I'm either working or going to the beach. And that's about it. So it's been fine for me, really. That was actually something I was going to say to you. How has your, your, your work and your day-to-day changed? Um, yeah, it's honestly, it's been really the same. Yeah, it's just uh, now I don't have, yeah, there's just less places to go. I can't go sit down at a restaurant, but for the most part, it's like, I mean, again, I just, I either work on music, work uh, on magazine stuff or go surfing. And that's, that's all I want to do like anyway. lovely life, really. Yeah, that's, that's all I want to do anyway. So it's like, Whatever, you know, I'm fine yeah, with it. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. How did you start out in music? What's your, what's your background? So um, it's been this October, October 4th. It'll be 10 years since I officially was like started on this journey. Um, went to high school and didn't know what I wanted to do um, and went to a rave as you do. Uh, and uh, that just instantly changed everything. I was like, you know, music has always been a big part of my life. I was in like metal bands and stuff when I was younger. And um, growing up, it was either surfing or music, one or the other. And music just sort of, you know, the thing with surfing is that it's the, the, the conditions are always changing and there's always varying factors, but music is always there. Mm-hmm. always there you know what I mean and so um yeah I went to a rave and it just it was literally like being struck by lightning it just everything clicked like right there for me you know what I mean um and then I 
you know, again, I didn't want to go to school or anything because I hated school. And it was like, why go to college, university, whatever, if I don't like school and it's just going to end up costing my parents a ton of money and I don't even want to go. You know what I mean? It just, it just didn't make sense. So um, I, uh, once I went to the rave, I was like, holy shit, that's what I need to do. And so I started like looking up music schools and stuff like that. I went to a music school um, that was, I went to the event in June and then October. So like what, four months later, something like that, I was enrolled in music school and then fast forward, here we are. It's been a very interesting journey, but yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's how it all started. But, so when you were at music school, you were obviously, were you working at the same time? Yeah, yeah, what yeah. What were you doing um, then? I was working at a surf, yeah. So I was working at a surf shop then. Um, you know, <laughs> I've actually, yeah, I, I was, I've been working since I was like 17 years old, you know, which was like technically the legal age of when you're allowed to work without having to get like a work permit. So, yeah. you know, I, I've always been in like that sort of working mentality. Um, but at the time, yeah, I, I mean... The job is really easy, so it's like it didn't really take up much time, you know. But yeah, I would and it's something that you love to do, and at the same time, yeah, exactly, exactly. So it was like th- I think he was working like I would go to school three or four days a week, um, and at the time the school had just moved into a new location, but now the school is like it's huge. It's like massive. It's I can't believe how big that school has gotten. Uh, granted, I mean some of the people that have gone there have are like some of the biggest people in like EDM, you know, it's. So which school is this? It's called Icon Collective. Icon Collective. Yeah. So um, if you've ever heard of like Mac J or Jaws, um, like they, they went there um, and after I did, but um, yeah, it's just crazy to see like, you know, once all the kids, you know, like dubstep and stuff, it's like in trap. It's like those are the genres that are like very internet based. So yeah. it's like, you know, you see one of your favorite producers, like, oh, that's where they went. Well, I, I want to go there. You know what I mean? Versus like when I was there, I, I found it from a word of mouth. A friend of mine had gotten mentioned in an interview by a guy that had gone there. So I was like, oh, that seems cool. Let me go check this out. But it wasn't like a, I already knew what it was beforehand. And yeah, it was, uh, it was a good time. But, I, Part of me wishes that like I could go back just to kind of see what they're doing now because obviously the curriculum has expanded tremendously in yeah. over like, mm-hmm. 10 years. So, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, yeah. yeah. And how did, then did you get into like the more journalist, or journalism kind of so, aspect? So, yeah. So um, I was doing the DJ thing kind of on the side. I went to music school, but, you know, obviously it takes quite a while to really do anything in this industry. And plus like, it's just not even that, but it also just takes you a while personally to kind of develop your own sound or what you want to do. Like you could have all the information and knowledge, but it's like, as you're, I was only, I was 19. I started, I turned 19 the day before I started school. So like, I was still so young. Right. And like still learning so much. So I was like, I didn't really know much about the industry at all, you know? So I was just like still trying to figure out like what it was I even wanted to do, like what kind of music I wanted to make. Like when I first started, I was making like just uplifting trance music. Like I, that was it. Like I didn't give a shit about anything else. And then I turned into like progressive house, drum and bass and that kind of stuff. But like, you know, where I was and where I became, where I went to very quickly changed because of, you know, the people I met and that type of thing. But um, as far as journalism, so yeah, I kind of just kind of doing the DJ thing. And I was like, fuck, you know, like 
really want to get into the industry. I want to do something like, cause I'm, I don't want to work like something that's not related. So then, uh, there's a website. I don't even know if it's still around anymore. It's called edmjobs.com. I went on there and, uh, I was just like looking, I was looking, I saw positions for like, I think paradise records was, was, was hiring like someone for something. I was just like applying for everything. Never heard back from anybody, but then magnetic, they were looking for, kind of like an assistant and what I was initially doing is like so I was like applied like I was like I want to do it like I don't know it's like yeah cool we can't really pay you right now because we're it was still magnetic had started 2012 or 2013 something like that and so at this time it was still pretty fresh um and but I was like I don't give a shit you know I just want to like I want to be get in there somehow Yeah. yeah so what I initially started doing was I they would send me interviews and I would clean them up. So I would take out, you know, dead space or people like, if you ask me a question, I'm just like, um, uh, like I was cutting out that type of stuff to make it flow better and that type yeah. of thing. Um, actually the very first interview that I ever edited, edited was uh, a Jeff Mills interview. No. Yeah. Nice. Time, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the time I was like, I was like, I'd heard of him, but I didn't really know much about him, but, uh, yeah, that's funny. And then from there they're like, well, since we can't pay you, we'll give you a podcast, which I'd already been doing my own podcast before. Like if you, <laughs> if you actually go on iTunes, if you look up the Kane Michael podcast, they're still, I'm pretty sure they're still on there. Uh, so when's this from? Like what, what year is this? Then? That was, um, that was about 2012 when I was doing the Kane Michael podcast thing. But wow. then, yeah, I know. Cause I was, I, you know, I was just trying to do whatever. Um, but then the whole magnetic thing, I think that was technically 2000. 2014, 2015. I think it was end of 2014, beginning of 2015 when I really started with them. And then um, I started doing a podcast with them. I got up to about 40 episodes and then uh, kind of stopped doing it because I kind of got tired of it. But I also was trying to reformat it and do something I just never did. I've got some ideas in my head of like what I could do now. And I actually think it'd be really cool. I just haven't really yeah. uh, worked on it yet. But in that time, towards the end of that, I started doing the... Uh, my other podcast in conversation. And then I've just been doing that ever since. Um, but in that time that I went from, um, they're like, Hey, we're looking for a new a gear editor, like to do reviews on hardware and stuff. I was like, well, sh- duh. Like, you know, like I want, I want free software and hardware, you know, um, <laughs> send it all over and yeah, I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I, um, I was like, yeah, I'm, of course I want to do that. So then I became the assistant gear editor because we already had one and then he left and then I became the uh, senior gear editor. And then from there I became the assistant manager. So now I'm like uh, technically number three, although I kind of was like number three. I didn't really, nothing really changed other than I have a better title. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And it's easier to get, it's easier to get replies from emails. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's easier to get replies now. It's all yeah. about the title, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kate. I'm the assistant general manager of Magnetics. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh shit, okay, yeah, yeah, definitely reply. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Yeah. Had you had you like written before or, or anything like that, or do you um, just kind of learn along the way? Not for a publication, but I started. How long ago is that? Actually, around like 2010 ish. I started writing on uh, Facebook these like, you could write notes, these like really long sort of forms. And I started doing this just because it was like, a, I, I wasn't really journaling or anything. So it was almost like a form of like journaling and kind of 
just getting my thoughts out and I really enjoyed it. Like I, it's funny, like the things that I like now that I didn't like in school, but I think it's because I, the reason I didn't like them in school is because I was forced to do them, you so know, true. right. So and it's like, I'm the same. I was rubbish. <laughs> yeah. I didn't finish either. Yeah. It's like, if you, <laughs> if you want me to do something, like you tell me like you need to do this. It's like, I'm instantly like, no, <laughs> you're like, don't like, care what it is. I'm yeah. If you've told basically, me. basically. So, um, so yeah, I started doing these kind of like long, long format note things on Facebook, and I really, I just really enjoyed it, and um, I, I seemed to be pretty good at it because it seemed to resonate with a lot of people. The different things that I was talking about, and it's funny to go back and read like how naive I was, but also how accurate some of the things I was saying were. Like even so long ago. But yeah. so um, then from there, yeah, the, uh, the first thing I did was uh, I wrote a review on actually not these headphones, but the first iteration of them. And from there, like it did really well. The, the company really enjoyed it. Um, and since then, I've actually kept a pretty good relationship with the company. They're called Phonon. You should check them out. Um, <laughs> but a uh, <laughs> little, little plug right there. Go on that. But, um, yeah. But, um, but I, I just found that like I was very good at doing it because how I, how I view reviews, cause I still do them, how I review them or view them is how would I like to read a review? You know what I mean? Like I, I can, I understand like the really technical stuff, but it's not always that enjoyable to read, but I also don't like just reviews that don't really give you information because it's like, if I'm one of those people that's like, if I'm going to buy something that's like, you know, not cheap, obviously, I want to know everything about it. I want to know why I want to buy it, how much use I can get out of it and whether or not it's actually worth buying. So I tried to voice my reviews in that way, that sort of middle ground of technical enough for the people that are really nerdy, they'll get enough out of it. Versus, and also for the people that are not nerdy, it's engaging enough to, like, to get them to want to actually buy the product or actually understand what I'm saying. You know what I mean? So... 100%. I just found that that's my best way of writing. Um, I think and, it is the best way yeah. of writing or even doing anything. I find the same even just doing interviews sometimes. Yeah. I think sometimes there's questions. I think I probably, I know the answer to this question, but a lot of other people probably don't. So yeah. try and find that balance where it's not like, like you're asking silly questions, but at the same time, people can engage and understand what you're on about. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And like, you know... I, how many times have you been asked the same question where you have to like give the same answer, but like, you you like you're trying to entertain yourself. So you say it in a different way. So it's like, I just, as an interviewer, I just always try and avoid that because it's like, it doesn't serve anybody a purpose. You know what I mean? If like, yeah. if you're, if you're asking, asked the same questions, you're giving the same answers. And then it's like the interview's pointless almost. You know what I mean? What's the favorite, the best club you've ever played at in the world? <laughs> The best club I've ever played. I'm joking. At. Oh, I saw, yeah, yeah, yeah. So many times. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what are you? What are you up to? What do you? What's? What can we expect from you in the future? Like, yeah, what's coming up next? Yeah, I know exactly. What you mean. But like, I even look back on some of my interviews, like right, right from the beginning. I'm like, Katie, why did you ask that yeah. question? <laughs> but you know, I mean, like it. It takes time to really find your voice and learn how to ask good questions, and that's the thing that. I think really transcends sort of any, any field is learning how to ask good questions because that's where the good answers come from. You know, these sort of generic short questions, they're not with the, the issue is that they're not causing the person being asked them to think, you yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. so it's, there's no, there's no value to the question. So the answer is 
of equal value, which is basically none. So yeah, yeah. I totally get that. Have you ever been like thrown on the spot and been like interview this person without like any kind of background or, or anything like that? The, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of who the last person it was. Um, for I can't think of who it was. I'll, I'll, it'll come to me later. But yeah, I mean, I've had to sort of have like a oh shit, I got like ten minutes to kind of figure out what to do. But you know, in, in those types of situations. Um, I kind of try to go for questions that are not so like um, specific, sp- yeah. well, specific to, you know, things that I'm not going to know about. I'd rather ask questions about like who you are as a person, because I find that to be much more interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and that usually works out because those are questions that you can ask anybody. And I think that when you ask people like you ask this DJ, this type of question to, that they're not used to getting the answer that you get, is much different and much more interesting. And also they feel like you're actually interested in them, not just their work or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally, yeah. I feel the exact same way. Sometimes just like the random kind of questions and kind of a bit different just works so yeah. much. I didn't, um, we've been doing like some Instagram live interviews on Ibiza uh-huh. Radio's account. And I was getting to a point, I must have done like over the last two months, probably like, I don't know, probably about 20 or something. But I was getting to the wow. point where it's like, there's not so much you can really ask a DJ right now, especially with what's happening. Everyone's kind yeah. of given the same answers. So yeah. I was like, I'm just going to do a round of really, really random, random questions. Like, yeah. what was the last thing you Googled? And what do you use the most? That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. And it worked really well and people were really liking it. And I was, I made me think, I was like, sometimes things like that are just a lot more entertaining than kind of your usual kind of questions, you know? Yeah. I, um, one question I like to sometimes ask is if you were to be a a type of sandwich, which would you be? And that (laughs) usually gets some pretty funny answers. That's because then they're like, because they're like, oh wow, well, you know what, like a good turkey club. But then honestly, you know, they just start kind of rambling, and it's it's really funny because they're so like, they're so thrown off, but it's such an entertaining question that they like want to like really think about it and really give a solid answer. And that's again, that's the type of response that you want, right? This type of like engaged, like I want to give you a like an answer because this is such a cool question, as opposed to like. Yeah, 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 yeah. I once did that. Reminded me of um, this series I once did at ADE. It was it must have been about 2015 or something. And because we were in Amsterdam, one of my I did this like little this short video on asking different DJs if they had to be any type of cheese, what cheese would they be and why? I think I've asked that same type of question before. <laughs> <laughs> it's they, such a good question. They were like, "I'd be a mature cheddar." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it was so good. It was one of my favorite things I've done. It made me laugh so much. Yeah, it's just so disarming because it's such a, it's a non-invasive question and it's so silly that it's like, you know, it's just, it's funny. It's fun. But yeah, yeah, it's, there needs to be more questions like that. Definitely, definitely. So if you had to be a cheese, what cheese would you be? (laughs) The first thing that came to my mind was actually like a nice, like sharp cheddar. Actually, I do love a, I love a good sharp cheddar. Although I've been eating a lot of feta cheese recently, and uh, I but I, I don't know if I'd like to be a creamy, salty type of person. <laughs> that just doesn't sound like a very good uh, yeah, it's not good a, description of a person, you know. Creamy, creamy soft, spreadable. Right? Yeah, what would you that, be? 
I don't know because I, I was just trying to think the same thing. I actually don't eat cheese. Oh. I know. Oh. It's not out of choice. I have a really bad intolerance to uh, Yeah. Okay. So okay. I That's can't. Fair. That's fair. But if I did have to be a cheese, um, it would yeah, probably be some kind some I don't know. I'm going to have to think about that one. I'll come back to you at the end. See, I'm being put I, on the spot yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, you know, I actually I actually just had a quesadilla yesterday from this little Mexican spot. And I don't I don't know what kind of cheese they're using, but like, wow, it was so good. It was had this just this little zest to it. It was like a Ooh. I don't yeah, I don't know. It was crazy. I was like, why is this so good? Like, why is this so different mm. than like all the other quesadillas I've had in and I don't even know how long, you know? It's I don't it's not that I eat them all the time, but still, like I'm I, I know what my cheeses taste like, and I was very like I don't know what this is, but I love yeah. this. <laughs> my brother sent me a picture of a brie the other, yesterday and it had a load of chili flakes in it. So I'd probably go oh, something like yes. that because I yes. love anything spicy with a kick Yes, it. So that would yes. probably be me. Have you ever seen the show Hot Ones? No. Oh my gosh. This guy. So it's a YouTube channel called uh, First We Feast and they have, well, it's a, it's a brand, but one of their little segments is this show called Hot Ones. You should watch this. Um, this guy he interviews celebrities all across the board while eating hot wings. And it goes from very mild to like, like 2 million skull, like units on the Scoville scale, which is like, you know, like death basically. <laughs> and some people like, you'll be surprised. Like some people handle it. Some people do not handle it. But I was like, this is such a great concept interviewing people while eating super spicy food. What the person that probably surprised me the most on that was Natalie Portman. Really? She, she is a boss. She handled that sh- like nothing. <gasps> I was like, I would love to do that. Like I asked a friend, I was like, next time you come, we're interviewing and we're going to eat insanely spicy food. And he's like, he's totally down. <laughs> That's such a good idea. I've seen another yeah. one though, which is like, oh, this is a bit different though because it just depends how much you could drink. But it was like different shots, like different and just oh, yeah. how people like how long people last. I'd be yeah. talking for ages because I have to drink a lot to get drunk. But <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. My, my tolerance is so low now compared to where I, like in high school, <laughs> you know, I'd drink myself like days. But um, the only problem with that is that like, you know, some people could get like really like, you know, you wouldn't want people to throw up or anything. Although that could actually add to it. It would be great. Yeah, I do. That's a good point. That's a good point. So tell us a little bit about your podcasting conversation. What's, what's, what's the idea behind it? So um, it's a little bit layered, but really what it is, is it's just a, an industry focused podcast to kind of shed light on all different areas. Um, a lot of the guests are DJs, but that's not my, um, that's not my intention. You know what I mean? Um, because really what I want to do is create a sort of one-stop shop resource for anybody that wants to get into the industry in any form. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because outside of being a DJ, it's, it's, there's a lot of, what's the word? Uh, I don't know if mystery is the right word, but but I guess that could be the right word. Let's just say it's the right word, right? Like if you want to get into like what we're doing right now, like how do you start? I got lucky because I found that thing on, on EDM jobs, but like how do, you, how do you get into the, how do you become a promoter? How do yeah. you do anything, right? There's so, a lot of people, you know, these that, that are successful, they had to kind of kick and scratch their way up to the top, which is great. But it's like, if you can sort of 
bypass that and get firsthand knowledge from the people that are at the very top of the game, that'll help you, you know, tremendously. And um, like I said, you know, I didn't, it's not meant to only be DJs. That's what um, my guests have been recently, but I, I really want it to be for anybody. And then eventually I would like to write a book with all of the interviews in sort of like a, like a handbook type of thing. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, because I think that, I think that would be really interesting. And then it's sort of broken up into chapters, you know, promotion, um, stage and lighting, um, uh, engineering, DJ, what all of this stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I love that yeah. idea. And that's really funny because I actually had a similar idea, but really what, but just with not, it's not the same, but so because my podcast is called, can you put me on guest list? My last question at the end is, do you have a guest list rule? Which I'll ask you, ask you at the end. So I was thinking about doing a book just of all of these guest list rules from people. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Coffee That'd be table book, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, totally, totally. Uh, I think, and, and the other thing is that, you know, for this is sort of a bit more of toward, like directed towards DJs, but it, it carries over everything is that um, a lot of times we see these people as sort of just machines, right? Like they're just names and brands and we don't know anything other about them other than if there's some sort of scandal about them. That's it, right? So the other thing is that I want to show who they are as people, right? That's why I sort of ask these questions and I, 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 it's called in conversation because it's not, it's an interview, but it's not formatted like a real interview. It's, it's more like two friends just hanging out, chatting, you know what I mean? And that's, I think that has been the key factor in the success is that it's not so um, strict, you know what I mean? It's very relaxed. It's very, um, you know, non-confrontational. It's literally just these people. My, my goal is to get them to want to talk. You know what I mean? Yeah. And because like we were saying, it's like, that's how, that's how the good interviews come from. That's where the good answers come from. So I, I just, yeah, that's, that's the whole thing is like, you know, who are you as an actual person? Yeah. You make great music or yeah, you throw good parties, but like, what is your day to day? Like, like, what do you do? Like, how are you doing what you're doing? Like what, you know, like what are some of the things that you do? I've modeled it after, um, uh, the Joe Rogan podcast and, uh, the Tim Ferriss podcast. Um, because the way to, uh, the questions and sort of that, that type of thing comes from like the Tim Ferriss aspect, but then the just sort of, you know, Joe Rogan podcast, they're just chilling, like just talking shit, like whatever, like, so that's what I want. and for me, again, the more off topic we can get, the better, because that really shows who you are as a person. And you might not know that this DJ, they, their, you know, persona could be very like strict and like mysterious and this, but it's like, they're actually like hilarious. You know, there's just such, you know, they're just chatting all the time. There's la it's, that's the type of thing that I love. And it was what we were saying before. Sometimes you're really surprised of the guests that you have because there's been times where I'm like, I don't know how this is really going to go. But as soon as they've got the mic on and it's brilliant. And I think just some yeah. people, especially like if you're not a DJ, there are so many people in this industry that don't have the chance to really tell their story yeah. or, no, totally. or, or tell people how they started or, yeah. or what, what difficulties they found along the way. So it's like, it's such a nice way to be able to, to hear what, like, what, what do you actually do? Like, yeah. what, what does a manager actually do? Like, yeah. we all know the word manager, but what does 
nobody really know well unless you you work with one yeah. but if you do yeah. work in this industry you don't really know them kind yeah. of things right and, and and how do you become a manager like where yeah. do you start like what do you do right it's like there's no there, there's no resource for that so that's again i think that's been a very um, big factor into the success of the show. And it's like, it's crazy. Some of the people that I've had the chance to interview, like I interviewed Orbital, I've interviewed Underworld, I've interviewed like all these people, like what? <laughs> like yeah. and some of the people that I've become friends with, it's like, it's amazing. One of the most interesting interviews I did, I think was with this guy, Steve Lieberman, who um, he's actually a stage builder for, uh, does like EDC, does like Coachella, does these other things. And it's like, that's one of those things. And also like, I think he's done like almost every club in Las Vegas, which is crazy. Wow. But it's like, you know, it's something like that, right? Like you go to one of those clubs and it's like, you're just like, wow, look at this place. It's so cool. But like, you don't like, what? How do, how does, how do you even do that? Like how, how does that ever even come about? Right. And then not only that, but how are you able to continue, continually improve on that design, right? Because it's like you go to a festival year after year after year, the stages just get better and better and better and better. And they're like, how is this happening? Like, right? Like who is putting in this type of work? And Steve, awesome guy. And it was just like, wow, I learned so much from that podcast. It's so true. You know, I even, when I go into a nightclub, I I really love to take everything in, like how it's decorated and what yeah. the lights look like and stuff. And especially, I worked at Amnesia for for six years, and we um, we obviously they have parties on every single day, and yeah. every day it's a different promoter. And I always used to think like, how can they at seven a.m. as soon as the club closes, they've got a team that comes in, takes absolutely the whole production down, and then works a whole like sixteen hours until the next the next event that uh, that starts at midnight. But wow. you never think about them things no. normally when you go into a club, and there's so yeah. much that goes behind it. There's so much work. Yeah, exactly. And there's no there's nowhere you can go to learn that unless you go there to learn from the team itself. But it's like, how do you even get in contact with the team? Like, how do you even, you know, know, get involved in any of this stuff? So, yeah. So for you guys at Magnetic Mag, have you found that there's been any changes regarding content creation during lockdown? Obviously, there's a lot of people doing live streams and a lot of Instagram live interviews. How have you guys found these changes? Because obviously, just like any other platform or media outlet, everybody needs content. And obviously, right now, we don't have the same content as we probably did when clubs are open and and things are happening. So how have you guys found that? Have things changed for you? Has the content kind of been the same? I think it's actually been the same, really. Um, We do... We have one feature that's done really well for us. It's called uh, City Guide. And it's basically where, you know, uh, a guest will take us around their like hometown. That's really the only thing that's slowed down just because people can't really go outside. Yeah. Uh, um, or, you know, go to these places. But for the most part, I'd say everything's been pretty much the same. Um, it, it does seem like sometimes like some of the music has slowed down a little bit, especially the people that are, you know, pressing to vinyl just because they can't really press the vinyl right now. But from, Otherwise, things have been fine. And um, if anything, it's actually allowed some of our other features to do well because now these people have nothing but time. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like some of these things, it's not that artists don't want to do them. It's just that for whatever reason, they're traveling so much, they just can't do it. But now that they're home, 
they can do these features. So uh, it's been fine for us, really. Yeah. How about you guys? Yeah, I was just going to say the same. I think it's been hard because obviously with everything that's happening, we don't have as many people working as well at the moment because obviously we live off of making money off publicity. So the team's really cut down. So I think as like being able to actually publish some things, that slowed down, but that's more from our side. And then the other thing was, we, I think at the beginning, we kind of took on too many live streams. Like everyone was so excited about doing yeah. streamings. And we honestly came cross-posted like every stream yeah. out there. Yeah. And then I got to a point, I was like, I don't think this is, I think people are getting a little bit bored of of, of this now. We need to be thinking of, of different kind of things. Yeah. But again with kind of with other things it's been good because like for example I would never have been able to do all of these Instagram live interviews whilst everybody's on the road and doing what I've got to do there's no way that that would have happened probably get a few in but not as many as we probably had now so for some I think for for some types of content it's been really good but others is I've also found it quite hard to stay I, I feel like I've been creative but I have had a lot of like days I'm like I just don't know what to like yeah. Anymore, you know. Yeah. So, how have you found that? Because obviously you're in the studio as well. I think maybe for us it's different because I haven't even been able to leave the house to even get fresh air, and it gets yeah. We're like, I don't know what to look at, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, I, it's been there's been some challenges for sure. Um, like this past, I was actually just doing some journaling today, and I was like, I feel like. I've been so off my game, but at the same time, like I have been making music every single day. Cause I was like, okay, like there's no reason I shouldn't be making music at least for an hour every single day. So I've like, while I haven't been doing some of the other stuff, I've at least done that. So it's sort of like a weird kind of like middle ground, I guess, but it's, yeah. I, but it's like, really, it's like, why, why? Like I told you earlier, it's like, it was hard to wake up. Why is it hard to wake up? Like, I don't, I don't know. So, um, in terms of being creative, yeah, I mean, I would say that actually overall, since everything started, I mean, the, 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 the quality of what I've been making has been much better, but there's definitely been quite a few gaps of like consistency. And that's, I've always, I'm, just, I'm always trying to be consistent, but for, you know, whatever reason, I'm just not. And I, I don't like that, but um, yeah, I made a, I, I'm trying to do every single day at least one hour a day of creating because really there's no excuse not to. Right. And like some days, like last night I was like, Oh God, I'm so tired. Like, I don't even want to make it. But I was like, no, I have to do it. As soon as I sat down, I started having fun. I was like, why, why do I, why is there this resistance? You know what I mean? But I think it's because I think it's sort of like that paradox of choice when you have so much free time, you're like, so yeah, I'll do it later. Cause it's just not, you know, I've, I, I got nothing but free time. Whereas if you don't, you're like, well, I only have a couple hours to to do this, so I'm gonna do this, right? But yeah, it's just um, it's just being consistent, I guess, and making sure that you're uh, disciplined, which is yeah tough. But do you know what I've been doing over the last few weeks? I've really been planning out my days to like the hour. I know it sounds really silly, yeah. but like yeah. you know when they say take every day as it comes, I'm like I'm literally yeah. taking every hour as it comes yeah. because I don't know how I'm gonna feel later to do something else. Yeah. I'll wake up in the morning and be like, okay, from this hour to this hour, I'm just going to work on preparing interviews. And then from yeah. this hour to this hour, I'm just going to edit podcasts. And then from the, you know, and I found that that has keep me kind of like going because I know yeah. what I've got. And I, and yeah. when it gets to the end of the day, I'm like, okay, I've done all of these things. And I feel quite productive. Yeah. 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 I was just going to ask you how that's been. I, um, 
I have a like a planner and like one thing I always I, I put in it every single time is that I write like check your planner at least three times today. So that way it's sort of like I remember what I'm supposed to be doing and there's no sort of like uh like downtime, I guess, but hasn't always been the best. Like I haven't always like done it. And I'm like, shit, I didn't even check the planner three times a day. But I uh I haven't done it hour by hour because sometimes I find that like if I get in the middle of something it'll it'll end up taking longer than I planned. And it's like, it's not really one of those things where I can just like stop. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's like, oh, well, time's up. I got to move on. It's like, no, this has to get done right, right now. Yeah. But overall, I think, yeah, I, I, uh, I probably should do the, uh, the hour by hour thing. Try it. It works for me, but I'm a bit yeah. of a freak. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you think some of these, like, obviously all these people are doing all these live streams and Instagram live interviews and stuff. Do you think this will be something that will kind of stick or do you think it'll get to a point where everyone will be like, hey, I don't want to do live streams. Just kind of go back to how we were before. I think, um, I think it will stick, but I don't, obviously I think that if people have the option of going out and going to a club, they're much, they'd much rather do that. Because yeah, sure, you might have a decent little home audio system, but like nothing's gonna beat the actual experience of being in the club. That being said, I mean some of these live streams have gotten so insane. Like, <laughs> like the quality. It's like, are we at like a fucking festival stage here, or like what is going on? It's like it's it's amazing, and it's like, I mean, I wouldn't mind watching that. You know what I mean? As opposed to like some of these people are just like in their little home studio, which is also cool. It's totally cool. And I think it also depends on kind of like what your mood is, like what you're into. Um, Cause some of these people are also doing them like in pretty cool little locations. Like they'll do it like on a big balcony with like a nice view in the back. And it's like, that's, that's pretty nice. Right. Kind of nice to see what everybody's yeah. house is like as well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I think that, I think that, you know, once everything is lifted, of course, you know, people are going to want to go out and have fun with their friends at a club and that type of thing. But um, also, I think that in terms of the actual live stream themselves, I, again, it kind of depends on your mood for that day or that time. But mm-hmm. I think that what we should be seeing more now is not just DJ sets. I think we should be seeing this is a perfect time for people to really experiment and maybe start doing live sets or something like this. Just change things up because, you know, it, it's. A lot of, I feel like a lot of artists want to do these sort of hybrid sets or these live sets or anything, but it's like if they're traveling so much, they just don't really have time to really develop that. But now that we have all this time to develop it, it's like use this time to like show what that process is like. You know what I mean? Like show yeah. the evolution so people can be like, oh my God, I remember when he was like first trying this and it was like doing like this, but now look how well it is, like how, how well it's been put together. You know what I mean? I think there's just a lot of unique opportunities for people to do creative things, but doing a DJ set is just so easy that people are being lazy and not really. And because everybody else is doing it. Everyone's yeah. Like, Maybe I should be doing it as well. Yeah. 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 I, um, what was this? Maybe two or three weeks ago, I did my very first live set ever, which was something I had actually wanted to do before the end of this year. Obviously with the shutdown, it wasn't going to happen at a club, but then I had the opportunity to do it on a live stream and it went super well. And I was like, Oh my God, that was so dope. And it's like, you didn't really have, It'll obviously change if I do it in a club because I had access to all of my stuff. But yeah. still, it was like it was a very good first sort of uh, attempt at it, and I had a lot of fun. Home, yeah, it's like literally right here. Um, it was a first kind of trial run. It went really well. The crowd loved it, or the audience, whatever. And it actually really got me thinking. Like, oh my god, like 
I can really develop this. You know what I mean? So I love how you thought of that word then crowd audience. <laughs> yeah, a crowd, but, yeah, um, but it was, I, I mean, it, in the, the, the audience, their main reaction was like, wow, this is so refreshing just because you're actually seeing someone do something, you know what I mean? As opposed to just mixing tracks, which is cool, but it's like, how often have you seen that? You know what I mean? So uh, yeah, it was, um, it was pretty cool. And I think that I would like to see more of that, more creative stuff. You know what I mean? Like maybe they're mixing and doing live painting or just something different. You know what I mean? Something I want to see who, again, like who you are as a person, not just the same uh, typical DJ set that I see you play all the time. Or even if they are going to do a DJ set, maybe do something like an 80s set or uh, a jungle set or just something so different that like that we're not used to seeing because now's the opportunity to do that. You know what I mean? Something out of your comfort zone. Exactly. 100%. Because it's like, yeah, yeah. I saw the other day um, somebody cooking a paella, a Spanish paella, and uh, playing at the same time. It was Ramiro Lopez, and it was, I had it out on his, on his balcony, so he was like doing two things at once, and I was like, this is really you, fun to watch. That's <laughs> awesome, right? Because then you're like, oh my God, this person's such a weird person, but I love it. Like, it's such a cool, <laughs> or like, that's so interesting. Like, you know, like, how are they able to do that? Or like, it just shows a different side of them that we're not used to seeing. And I think that, again, we just, we're so used to seeing DJ X do this same thing while they might be a great DJ. It's like, it's just always the same. So I think now's a perfect time to do that type of stuff or not even a DJ set. Like, let's just, what if you just did, Hey, I'm going to cook paella. This is how I do it. Right. That'd be so cool. Right. Yeah, exactly. Talk to him. Like what? just, yeah, I don't just make music. I also can make all of these things. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I also think that there'll probably be some DJs where they're just like, having the best time just not doing anything and being like I'm always on the road and this is just the perfect time for me just to do my family and I don't want to do any live streams or anything. Uh, no totally totally I mean I th- that's that's a very reasonable yeah. um thing because again this is there's this is a an opportunity like we've never had before so I mean yeah it's just it's just it's painful for some people because they aren't making any money but at the same time it's like this is the probably the best opportunity to focus on improving your artistry and working on your craft that we'll ever have. Yeah. So. It's, it's the having time like this to ourselves or just being yeah. at home is probably a hope <laughs> not yeah. going to happen again. Yeah. What are you kind of feeling? I know this is a really difficult question and I get asked quite a few times um, the same related to Ibiza, but how can you see the scene in LA after this has kind of died down and normalized? I think that it's going to take a while for everybody to kind of get back into the thing. Not necessarily because people, everybody's going to be so concerned because there's for sure going to be a large group of people that are not going to give a shit. You know, they're like, I just want to party. Yeah. Which is fine, I guess. But once that sort of whole thing is sort of subsided, um, I think that it's going to be a very strong comeback because people, the sort of break that everybody's having to take, eventually everybody's going to be like, I'm just ready to let loose and just have fun. And then all this time that DJs have spent working on new music, practicing, um, creating live sets, doing whatever. I think it's going to be some really, really interesting times um, for the, in a, in a positive way. Um, at least I certainly hope so. And I think, I hope that this is the case everywhere because 
again, like how many times you've gone to the club and seen a cool DJ and like, yeah, it was pretty good. But like, when's the, when's the last time you went to the club and saw something, some sort of performance where you're just like, what? That was yeah. insane. And, you know, I, I think that this is, again, the perfect time to, for that to sort of incubate. And then when all this is done, I think it's going to be, it's going to be great. The only thing with LA um, is that we've got a, a pretty good underground scene growing, but there's not really all that many promoters compared to other places. You know what yeah. I mean? Like um, they're the main, the big ones here are 6am uh, incognito uh, Dirty Epic and you know a couple little other ones, but those are like the big three, three big three, and I mean they all throw great parties, but there's not really much outside of that. So um, hopefully more promoters will come in. Hopefully we'll see more stuff because it was before all this happened. I mean, I was saying that you know give it another year or two, and LA will be probably one of the top three underground destinations on the planet because we've have a huge history with it. I mean, the warehouse parties here are part of America's foundation of yeah. electronic music. You know what I mean? Like obviously it all started here, went over to Europe and then slowly came back over here. But when we were doing the warehouse parties, I mean, that was instrumental in putting America on the map really. Um, so obviously with the big clubs that came in over here, um, that the focus was taken off of the underground and kind of put into these big super clubs. Um, but then, you know, it's, people get tired of that. You know what I mean? People, people want more. Different, yeah. They want different stuff. And, you know, once the bigger artists started playing these warehouse parties, then other artists were like, Oh, I want to play those parties. Like the pictures, the, the, the reviews and everything. It's like, well, that's, it's like an untapped market. You know what I mean? So, um, I was saying to all my friends, you know, get over here, start playing as many shows as you can over here and really establish yourself as like a kingpin over here. So that, when the bubble or not when the bubble, but when everything does finally kick off in the next year or two, you're going to be on top. This is going to be like one of your top destinations, right? Because it's like, this is where everybody wants to see you play. You've got a really passionate crowd. And I mean, who wouldn't want to go to the beach after the day after a rave, right? Like the weather here is great. So yeah, beautiful. So so lovely over there. When's the last time you were over here? The last time I was over was... Um, I think the beginning of last year, um, we, I was there for about just over two months actually. Oh, wow. Actually. Yeah. Do you know what it was? It was the beginning of last year because I started my podcast in LA. I I bought all of my stuff from, um, (laughs) what's it called? That big, that massive center. Sorry. Guitar center. Guitar center. Yeah. I literally went in and I was like, I want to start a podcast, but I have no idea what I've got to buy. And they were like, okay, take this, 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 this. And then I got them, them boom, them boom stands that yeah. weigh so much. And then I was like, how am yeah. I going to get this back to Ibiza? Anyway, it's all here now, but that was, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Just it's to awesome. finish, um, uh-huh. as I said to you before, do you have a guest list rule? Yeah. Show up. <laughs> that's it I mean like because you know some of these places they'll give you you know a decent amount of guest list spots some won't right and if you're like yeah I really want to come I really want to come and uh, especially if I have a very limited guest list space like let's say they only give me like you know t- two to five guest list spots if I have a handful of people that want to come but you're adamant about coming I have no problem putting you on my list but it's like if you don't show up then you just wasted 
you know, that's, that's kind of disrespectful. At least tell me like, ah, oh, sorry, man, I'm not going to show up that way. I can put someone else on there. But it's like, it's like, it's, that's, I would say number one, number two, don't be a kook because, you What's know, like if I'm, that's a kook. I've never heard that word. Um, what is a kook? Don't be, um, that's a, there's so, I don't know how to really describe that. Um, but the best would be like this. If I put you on my guest list, it's because I trust you, right? I, I, you're my friend. I trust you and I want you to have a good time. But if you do something that makes me look bad when I'm trying to do my job, and that's you're a kook. Yeah, basically. Exactly. It's like, it's like now that's a poor reflection on me because yeah. of something that you did. And it's like, you know, you got too drunk and we're like causing problems or something. It's like, grow the fuck up. 100%. You know, like, like don't, this is, this is like my, my livelihood. You know, you're don't, I'm, I don't go to your work and just start causing a ruckus. Right. That's yeah. not, that's not cool. It's so, so yeah. yeah sometimes up. people forget yeah. that we're actually still working. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a party environment. Have a great time. Um, and afterwards, yeah, we'll have a great, we'll, we can get messy if we want to, but while I'm working, please be respectful to, you know, my work, but then more importantly, the people that are helping me do my work, you know what I mean? Be respectful to the, to the, to the hostess or the liaison, be respectful to the security guard, everybody, you know what I mean? Just, it's not that hard. Really not. And that's a very good rule, a good bit of advice there. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. And it's just, it's disappointing when people don't do that. Fortunately, it hasn't really happened that often, but still, it's just like, yeah, yeah, no, this this can't happen, you know? Listen, thank you so much for your time to chat with me. I'm going to let you, what are you doing for the rest of the day? Um, I've got some articles to publish and then uh, I'm going to try and get over to the beach because uh, there's some uh, big waves right now. So I'll try and get out there and enjoy that and uh, just make the most of this day. It's, uh, it's pretty nice outside. So yeah. Sounds perfect. I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> could be worse. It could be a lot worse. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. And of course, of course. I hope to see you in person one day. Yeah, one of these days, <laughs> once all this is over. Um, fun fact, I've actually never been to Ibiza. I've been to London, Germany, uh, Norway, like all these different places, but I've never been to Ibiza. And when I was younger, I always wanted to go. But then as I got older, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I would go just to say that I've gone, but you're over it now. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know if I want to pay $30 for a bottle of water. Oh yeah, I know. Hopefully after we were saying that maybe after this has happened, hopefully that might change a little bit because people yeah. now can't afford to do that. But yeah. also it wouldn't surprise me if it didn't yeah. it that way. I would say that one thing about this whole thing is I think it's going to be a good reset that was bound to happen in some form 100%. or another. It's unfortunate that it has happened like this, but I think that you know, you're going to see a lot of people drop like flies because they weren't in it for the love. They were in it for it, for the money. And when they come back, it's going to be tough to be charging a bunch of money for tickets or DJ fees or whatever. So I totally agree with that. Yeah. I think it's now is a really good time to think about the things that we do need to change and how we should change them for when it yes. normalizes yes. again. Even Some down these, to like yeah. sustainability and like yeah. plastic at festivals and yeah. prices and DJ fees and stuff. I was just going to say some of these DJ fees are so, so high that it's like, it's kind of killing anything else. Cause it's like, yeah. you can't, you can't afford, you just can't afford to, to book anybody else. And it's like, I mean, being from America, I think that everybody has the right to make as much money as they want to, if they can. But at the same time, it's like, 
you have to be sort of reasonable and it's like yeah i don't know i just feel i just find that some of these people's fees are just like i know it's unbelievable sometimes isn't it you're, you're, you're a dj <laughs> you're not you're a dj like <laughs> chill exactly <laughs> chill Ow, I totally yeah. agree with you. Hopefully. And then the yeah, the downside is that is that some of these people because their fees are so big, their egos become so big, and it's like, dude, you're you're a DJ, you're not saving like brain you're, surgeon. You're, no, like real, like stop being such an asshole. Like you know, it's no. but the thing is, until somebody doesn't stop, it's just never going to stop because I'm like, well, if exactly. they're getting paid that much, yeah. then I want to exactly. get paid that much. So exactly. somebody has to like. Just put a stop to it or people stop paying or stop as a promoter, stop paying that amount and start yeah. using talent that's probably doesn't get paid as much money, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. And I think actually that's something that's another benefit is that because promoters right off the bat are not going to be able to book these really expensive DJs, they're going to have to turn to the smaller guys and then the smaller guys are going to get a really big chance to shine, which the thing is, there's no reason that they should be getting paid less really. I mean, Talent-wise, they're the same, if not better, than some of these people. So it's like now is their time to really come into their own. So, yeah, we'll see. That's, uh, so so true. That's a really yeah. good point. Thank you so much. All right, of course, Katie. Have a great day. Have a great day too, and I'll speak to you soon. Alrighty, bye. <laughs>